Chapter 6, verses 52 through 71 of Catina Aria, Commentary on the Four Gospels Collected Out of the Works of the Fathers, Gospel of St. John, by St. Thomas Aquinas. The Sleep Rocks recording is in the public domain. Verses 52 through 54. The Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. Whosoever eateth my flesh, and drinketh my blood, hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Augustine. The Jews, not understanding what was the bread of peace, strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Whereas they who eat the bread strive not among themselves, for God makes them to dwell together in unity. Bede. The Jews thought that our Lord would divide his flesh into pieces, and give it them to eat, and so mistaking him, strove. Chrysostom. As they thought it impossible that he should do as he said, i.e., give them his flesh to eat, he shows them that it was not only possible, but necessary. Then said Jesus unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. Augustine. As if he said, The sense in which that bread is eaten, and the mode of eating it, ye know not. But, except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. Bede. And that this might not seem addressed to them alone, he declares universally, Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life. Augustine. And that they might not understand him to speak of this life and make that an occasion of striving, he adds, hath eternal life. This then he hath not, who eateth not that flesh, nor drinketh that blood. The temporal life men may have without him, the eternal they cannot. This is not true of material food. If we do not take that indeed, we shall not live, neither do we live, if we take it. For either disease or old age, or some accident kills us after all. Whereas this meat and drink, i.e., the body and blood of Christ, is such that he that taketh it not hath not life, and he that taketh it hath life, even life eternal. Theophylact, for it is not the flesh of man simply, but of God, and it makes man divine, by inebriating him, as it were, with divinity. Augustine, there are some who promise men deliverance from eternal punishment. If they are washed in baptism and partake of Christ's body, whatever lives, they live. The apostle, however, contradicts them, where he says, the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I have told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Let us examine what is meant here. He who is in the unity of his body, i.e., one of the Christian members, the sacrament of which body the faithful receive, 
when they communicate at the altar. He is truly said to eat the body and drink the blood of Christ. The heretics and schismatics, who are cut off from the unity of the body, may receive the same sacrament, but it does not profit them. Nay, rather, is hurtful, as tending to make their judgment heavier, or their forgiveness later. Nor ought they to feel secure in their abandoned and damnable ways, who by the iniquity of their lives desert righteousness, i.e. Christ, either by fornication or other sins of the like kind. Such are not said to eat the body of Christ, for as much as they are not to be counted among the members of Christ. For, not to mention other things, men cannot be members of Christ, and at the same time members of an harlot. Augustine. By this meat and drink, then, he would have us understand the society of his body and his members, which is the church, in the predestined and called and justified and glorified saints and believers. The sacrament whereof, i.e., the unity of the body and blood of Christ, is administered. In some places daily, in others, on such and such days from the Lord's table, and from the Lord's table it is received by some to their salvation, by others to their condemnation. But the thing itself of which this is the sacrament is for our salvation to everyone who partakes of it, for condemnation to none, to prevent us supposing that those who, by virtue of that meat and drink, were promised eternal life, would not die in the body, he adds, and I will raise him up at the last day, i.e., to that eternal life, a spiritual rest, which the spirits of the saints enter into. But neither shall the body be defrauded of eternal life, but shall be endowed with it at the resurrection of the dead in the last day. Verses 55 through 59. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. As the living Father hath sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. This is that bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna, and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live for ever. These things said he in the synagogue, as he taught in Capernaum. Bede. He has said above, Whosoever eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life. And now to show the great difference between bodily meat and drink, and the spiritual mystery of his body and blood, he adds, For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. Chrysostom, i.e., this is no enigma or parable, but ye must really eat the body of Christ. Or he means to say that the true meat was he who saved the soul. Augustine, or thus, whereas men desire meat and drink to satisfy hunger and thirst, this effect is only really produced by that meat and drink which makes the receivers of it immortal and incorruptible, i.e., the society of saints, where is peace and unity, full and perfect, on which account our Lord has chosen for the types of his body and blood things which become one out of many. Bread is a quantity of grains united together in one mass. Wine is a quantity of grapes squeezed together. Then he explains what it is to eat his body and drink his blood. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me and I in him. So then to partake of that meat and that drink is to dwell in Christ and Christ in thee. He that dwelleth not in Christ and in whom Christ dwelleth not, 
neither eateth his flesh nor drinketh his blood, but rather eateth and drinketh the sacrament of it to his own damnation. Chrysostom, or having given a promise of eternal life to those that eat him, he says this to confirm it. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me and I in him. Augustine, as for those, as indeed there are many, who either eat that flesh and drink that blood hypocritically, or who, having eaten, become apostates, do they dwell in Christ and Christ in them? Nay, but there is a certain mode of eating that flesh and drinking that blood, in the which he that eateth and drinketh dwelleth in Christ and Christ in him. Augustine, that is to say, such an one eateth the body and drinketh the blood of Christ, not in the sacramental sense, but in reality. Chrysostom, and because I live, it is manifest that he will live also, as the living Father hath sent me, and I live by the Father. Even so, he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. As if he said, As the Father liveth, so do I live, adding, Lest you should think him unbegotten. By the Father, meaning that he has his source in the Father. He that eateth me, even he shall live by me. The life here meant is not life simply, but the justified life. For even unbelievers live, who never eat of that flesh at all. Nor is it of the general resurrection he speaks, for all will rise again, but of the resurrection to glory and reward. Augustine, he saith not, As I eat the Father, and live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. For the Son does not grow better by partaking of the Father, as we do by partaking of the Son, i.e. of his one body and blood, which this eating and drinking signifies, so that his saying, I live by the Father, because he is from him, must not be understood as detracting from his equality, nor do the words, even he that eateth me, the same shall live by me, give us the equality that he has. He does not equalize, but only mediates between God and man, if, however, we understand the words, I live by the Father, in the sense of those below, my Father is greater than I, then it is as if he said that I live by the Father, i.e. refer my life to him as my superior. My humiliation in my incarnation is the cause. But he who lives by me lives by me by virtue of partaking of my flesh. Hilary of the truth, then, of the body and blood of Christ, no room for doubting remains. For, by the declaration of our Lord himself, and by the teaching of our own faith, the flesh is really flesh, and the blood really blood. This, then, is our principle of life. While we are in the flesh, Christ dwelleth in us by his flesh, and we shall live by him, according as he liveth. If, then, we live naturally by partaking of him according to the flesh, he also liveth naturally by the indwelling of the Father according to the Spirit. His birth did not give him an alien or different nature from the Father. Augustine, that we who cannot obtain eternal life of ourselves might live by the eating that bread, he descended from heaven. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven. Hilary, he calls himself the bread because he is the origin of his own body unless it should be thought that the virtue and nature of the word had given way to the flesh, he calls the bread his flesh, that insomuch 
as the bread came down from heaven, it might be seen that his body was not of human conception, but a heavenly body. To say that the bread is his own is to declare that the word assumed his body himself. Theophylact, for we do not eat God simply, being impalpable and incorporeal, nor again the flesh of man simply, which would not profit us. But God, having taken flesh into union with himself, that flesh is quickening, not that it has changed its own for the divine nature, but just as heated iron remains iron with the action of the heat in it, so our Lord's flesh is quickening, as being the flesh of the word of God. Bead, and to show the wide interval between the shadow and the light, the type and the reality, he adds, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. Augustine, the death here meant his eternal death. For even those who eat Christ are subject to natural death. But they live forever because Christ is everlasting life. Persostom, for if it was possible without harvest or fruit of the earth, or any such thing, to preserve the lives of the Israelites of old, for forty years, much more will he be able to do this with that spiritual food, of which the manna is the type. He knew how precious a thing life was in men's eyes, and therefore repeats his promise of life often, just as the Old Testament had done, only that it only offered length of life, he life without end. This promise was an abolition of that sentence of death, which sin had brought upon us. These things said he in the synagogue, as he taught in Capernaum, where many displays of his power took place. He taught in the synagogue and in the temple, with the view of attracting the multitude, and as a sign that he was not acting in opposition to the Father. Bede. Mystically, Capernaum, which means beautiful town, stands for the world, the synagogue for the Jewish people. The meaning is that our Lord hath, by the mystery of the Incarnation, manifested himself to the world, and also taught the Jewish people his doctrines. Verses 60 through 71. Many therefore of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, This is an hard saying. Who can hear it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, Doth this offend you? What and if ye shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit, and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not, and who should betray him. And he said, Therefore said I unto you, that no man can come unto me, except it were given unto him of my Father. From that time many of his disciples went back, and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered them, Have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? He spoke of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for he it was that should betray him, being one of the twelve. Augustine, 
Such is our Lord's discourse. The people did not perceive that it had a deep meaning or that grace went along with it, but receiving the manner in their own way and taking his words in a human sense, understood him as if he spoke of cutting of the flesh of the word into pieces for distribution to those who believed on him. Many, therefore, not of his enemies, but even of his disciples, when they heard this, said, This is an hard saying. Who can hear it? Chrysostom, i.e. difficult to receive, too much for their weakness. They thought he spoke above himself, and more lofty than he had a right to do. And so they said, Who can bear it? Which was answering, in fact, for themselves, that they could not. Augustine, and if his disciples thought that saying hard, what would his enemies think? Yet it was necessary to declare a thing which would be unintelligible to men. God's mysteries should draw men's attention, not enmity. Theophylact. When you hear, however, of his disciples murmuring, understand not those really such, but rather some who, as far as their air and behavior went, seemed to be receiving instruction from him. For among his disciples were some of the people who were called such, because they stayed some time with his disciples. Augustine. They spoke, however, so as not to be heard by him. But he who knew what was in them heard within himself. When Jesus knew within himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, Doth this offend you? Alcun, i.e., that I said, you should eat my flesh and drink my blood. Chrysostom. The revelation, however, of these hidden things was a mark of his divinity, hence the meaning of what follows. And if ye shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before, supply, what will ye say? He said the same to Nathanael, because I said to thee, I saw thee under the fig tree, believest thou, thou shalt see greater things than these. He does not add difficulty to difficulty, but to convince them by the number and greatness of his doctrines. For if he had merely said that he came down from heaven without adding anything further, he would have offended his hearers more. But by saying that his flesh is the life of the world, and that he was sent by the living Father, so he liveth by the Father, and at last, by adding that he came down from heaven, he removed all doubt nor does he mean to scandalize his disciples, but rather to remove their scandal. For so long as they thought him the son of Joseph, they could not receive his doctrines. But if they once believed that he had come down from heaven and would ascend thither, they would be much more willing and able to admit them. Augustine, or these words are an answer to their mistake. They supposed that he was going to distribute his body in bits, whereas he tells them now that he should ascend to heaven whole and entire. What and if ye shall see the Son of Man ascend where he was before? Ye will then see that he does not distribute his body in the way ye think. Again, Christ became the Son of Man, of the Virgin Mary here upon earth, and took flesh upon him. He says then, What and if ye shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? to let us know that Christ, God, and man is one person, not two, and the object of one faith, not a quaternity, but a trinity. He was the Son of Man in heaven, as he was Son of God upon the earth, 
the Son of God upon earth by assumption of the flesh, the Son of man in heaven by the unity of the person. Theophylact, do not suppose from this that the body of Christ came down from heaven, as the heretics Marcion and Apollinarianus say, but only that the Son of God and the Son of Man are one and the same. Chrysostom, he tries to remove their difficulties in another way, as follows, It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. That is to say, you ought to understand my words in a spiritual sense. He who understands them carnally is profited nothing. To interpret carnally is to take a proposition in its bare literal meaning, and to allow no other. But we should not judge of the mysteries in this way, but examine them with the inward eye, i.e. understand them spiritually. It was carnal to doubt how our Lord could give his flesh to eat. What then? Is it not real flesh? Yea, verily. In speaking then that the flesh profiteth nothing, he does not speak of his own flesh, but that of the carnal, hearer of his word. Augustine. Or thus, the flesh profiteth nothing. They had understood by his flesh, as it were, of a carcass, that was to be cut up and sold in the shambles, not of a body animated by the spirit. Join the spirit to the flesh, and it profiteth much. For if the flesh profiteth not, the word would not have become flesh and dwelt among us. The spirit hath done much for our salvation by means of the flesh. Augustine. For the flesh does not cleanse of itself, but by the word who assumed it. Which word, being the principle of life in all things, having taken up soul and body, cleanseth the souls and bodies of those that believe. It is the spirit, then, that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing, i.e. the flesh as they understood it. I do not, he seems to say, give my body to be eaten in this sense. He ought not to think of the flesh carnally. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit, and they are life. Chrysostom, i.e. are spiritual, have nothing carnal in them, produces no effects of the natural sort not being under the dominion of that law of necessity and order of nature established on earth. Augustine, if then thou understandest them spiritually, they are life and spirit to thee. If carnally, even then they are life and spirit, but not to thee. Our Lord declares that in eating his body and drinking his blood, we dwell in him and he in us. But what has the power to effect this except love? The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, which is given to us. Chrysostom, having spoken of his words, being taken carnally, he adds, But there are some of you that believe not. Some, he says, not including his disciples in the number. This insight shows his high nature. Augustine, he says not, There are some among you who understand not, but gives the reason why they do not understand. The prophet said, Except ye believe, ye shall not understand. For how can he who opposes be quickened? An adversary, though he avert not his face, yet closes his mind to the ray of light which should penetrate him. But let men believe, and open their eyes, and they will be enlightened. Chrysostom. To let you know that it was before these words, and not after that the people murmured and were offended. The evangelist adds, For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not, and who should betray him. Theophylact. The evangelist wishes to show us 
that he knew all things before the foundation of the world, which was a proof of his divinity, Augustine, and after distinguishing those who believed from those who did not believe, our Lord gives the reason of the unbelief of the latter. And he said, Therefore said I unto you, that no man can come unto me, except if it were given him by my father. Chrysostom. As if he said, Men's unbelief does not disturb or astonish me. I know to whom the father hath given to come to me. He mentions the Father to show first that he had no eye to his own glory, secondly that God was his Father and not Joseph. Augustine, so then our faith is given to us, and no small gift it is. Wherefore rejoice if thou believest, but be not lifted up, for what hast thou which thou didst not receive? And that this grace is given to some and not to others, no one can doubt without going against the plainest declarations of Scripture. As for the question, why is it not given to all? This cannot disquiet the believer, who knows that, in consequence of the sin of one man, all are justly liable to condemnation, and that no blame could attach to God, even if none were pardoned, it being of his great mercy only that so many are. And why he pardons one rather than another rests with him, whose judgments are unsearchable and his ways past finding out. And from that time, many of the disciples went back and walked no more with him. Chrysostom, he does not say withdrew, but went back, i.e. from being good hearers, from the belief which they once had. Augustine, being cut off from the body, their life was gone. They were no longer in the body. They were created among the unbelieving. There went back not a few, but many after Satan, not after Christ. As the Apostle says of some women, for some had already turned aside after Satan. Our Lord says to Peter, Get thee behind me. He does not tell Peter to go after Satan. Chrysostom. But it may be asked what reason was there for speaking words to them which did not edify, but might rather have injured them. It was very useful and necessary for this reason. They had been just now urgent in petitioning for bodily food, and reminding him of that which had been given to their fathers. So he reminds them here of spiritual food, to show that all those miracles were typical. They ought not then to have been offended, but should have inquired of him further. The scandal was owing to their fatuity, not to the difficulty of the truths declared by our Lord. Augustine and perhaps this took place for our consolation, since it sometimes happens that a man says what is true, and what he says is not understood, and they which hear are offended and go. Then the man is sorry he spoke what was true, for he says to himself, I ought not to have spoken it, and yet our Lord was in the same case. He spoke the truth and destroyed many, but he is not disturbed at it, because he knew from the beginning which would believe him. We, if this happens to us, are disturbed. Let us desire consolation then from our Lord's example, and with all use caution in our speech. Bede. Our Lord knew well the intentions of the other disciples which stayed, as to staying or going, but yet he puts the question to them in order to prove their faith and hold it up to imitation. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? Chrysostom. This was the right way to retain them. Had he praised them, they would naturally, as men do, have thought that they were conferring a favor upon Christ, 
by not leaving him by showing as he did that he did not need their company he made them hold the more closely by him he does not say however go away as this would have been to cast them off but asks whether they wish to go away thus preventing their staying with him from any feeling of shame or necessity for to stay from necessity would be the same as going away peter who loved his brethren replies for the whole number lord to whom shall we go augustine as if he said thou castest us from thee give us another to whom we shall go if we leave thee chrysostom a speech of the greatest love proving that christ was more precious to them than father or mother and that it might not seem to be said from thinking that there was no one whose guidance they could look to he adds thou hast the words of eternal life which showed that he remembered his master's words i will raise him up and hath eternal life the jews said is not this the son of joseph how differently peter we believe and are sure that thou art the christ the son of the living god augustine for we believed in order to know had we wished first to know and then to believe we could never have been able to believe this we believe and know that thou art the christ the son of god i e that thou art eternal life and that in thy flesh and blood thou givest what thou art thyself chrysostom peter however having said we believe our lord accepts judas from the number of those who believed jesus answered them have not i chosen you twelve and one of you is a devil i e do not suppose that because you have followed me i shall not reprove the wicked among you it is worth inquiring why the disciples say nothing here whereas afterwards they ask in fear lord is it i but peter had not yet been told get thee behind me satan and therefore had as yet no fear of this sort our lord however does not say here one of you shall betray me but is a devil so that they did not know what the speech meant and thought that it was only a case of wickedness in general that he was reproving the gentiles on the subject of election blame christ foolishly his election does not impose any necessity upon the person with respect to the future but leaves it in the power of his own will to be saved or perish bede we must say that he elected the eleven for one purpose the twelfth for another the eleven to fill the place of the apostles and persevere in it unto the end the twelfth to the service of betraying him which was the means of saving the human race augustine he was elected to be involuntary and unconscious instrument of producing the greatest good for as the wicked turn the good works of god to an evil use so reversely god turns the evil works of man to good what can be worse than what judas did yet our lord made a good use of his wickedness allowing himself to be betrayed that he might redeem us in have i not chosen you twelve twelve seems to be a sacred number used in the case of those who were to spread the doctrine of the trinity through the four quarters of the world nor was the virtue of that number impaired by one perishing inasmuch as another was substituted in his room gregory one of you is a devil the body is here named after the head chrysostom mark the wisdom of christ 
he neither by exposing him makes him shameless and contentious, nor again emboldens him by allowing him to think himself concealed. End of chapter 6